Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Journey Home Outreach Ministries Bible Study, the Message of the Bible Series, Lesson 7. I'm Elsa Faye, your teacher throughout the Message of the Bible Series. This Bible study will be a little different. We want to give you scriptures at the beginning of the lesson. This is very important because we're going into a lesson that you must understand and comprehend. It is going to take a little work on our part, but the effort will not outweigh the reward. We are going to use some words in this lesson that you may or may not be familiar with, but they are the most important words you will ever hear, and you must remember not only the words, but what they mean to you. You will need to write these scriptures down, and after you have heard them through our fifth lesson, go back and read them on your own. You may be surprised how this will enforce your memory, and you will never, ever forget. Our lesson will come from, these are the scriptures, John, the 14th chapter, the first through the 11th verse, Hebrews, the 12th chapter, the second verse. Romans, the fifth chapter, the first verse. John, the third chapter, the 20th verse. John, the fifth chapter, the 40th verse. Second Peter, the third chapter, the ninth verse. James, the second chapter, the tenth verse. First John the 40th chapter, the 10th verse, and 1 Timothy, the 3rd chapter, and the 3rd to the 5th verse. So, in last week's lesson, we learned about making choices. You have to remember that all of the choices we make in life will affect our lives in one way or another, for good or for bad. We walked last week to Moses, who made a choice, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. Moses' choice not only changed his life, but also the life of an entire nation. By Moses making this choice, he was able to receive the Ten Commandments which still affects our lives today. Through our Bible study, we're getting ready to follow Jesus to the cross. Decision time. Time to make a choice in our lives. When we encounter Christ, a choice must be made. We must choose to accept Christ for who he said that he is or simply reject Christ and continue living our lives following our own ways and desires. If this is our choice, We will never know the peace found in Christ, nor the salvation offered through Christ. Once more, let's look to the word of God to help us in making that most important decision. Whether to fully accept Christ or to completely reject him, there is no in-between here. When Jesus' time was drawing near to leave the earth, he could sense his disciples' discomfort, their restlessness, Had they fully understood what was about to happen, and had they understood why it was going to happen, Christ was getting ready to face the most 
horrible thing that has ever happened to any man that walked this earth. Yet, he was concerned about his disciples. We too are living in stressful and uncertain times, and we also need Christ's comfort. The words from his word will comfort us, just as just as it did his disciples. First, let us pray to God to help us to see with our spiritual eyes and hear with our spiritual ears and perceive in our hearts by the Holy Spirit the message Christ is trying to teach us. So our first scripture is from John, the 14th chapter, the first to the 11th verse. So let's listen. Jesus was sending his disciples to comfort. So Jesus began to comfort his disciples. He says, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you unto myself. That's where I am. There you may be also. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Once again, the disciples who had followed Jesus all this time still didn't quite understand. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Just like us, sometimes we need for God to just show us, to prove to us in some way that he is God. But listen carefully to what Jesus answered. Jesus answered, do not don't you know me, Philip, even if I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Brother, it is the Father living in me who is doing the work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe the evidence of the work themselves. From John, the 14th chapter, 1st to 11th verse, there are four words here of which the stress and discomfort we are feeling are coming from. The first word is the word trouble. Jesus tells us, do not cast down, do not be cast down or be uneasy and restless. The word heart, he said, let not your heart be troubled. Keep your heart fully trusted in God. And there's the word your. No matter matter how many others around you are overwhelmed with the sorrows and stress of this present time, let it not be so with us. And then there's the word believe. So let's pull these words out by themselves and take another look at them. Your heart being troubled is the cause of the stress and discomfort we are feeling today. 
That is why Jesus encouraged us to let not your heart be troubled. And there's that word unbelief. Unbelief is the major cause of our sin and discomfort that we are feeling in this stressful world. Christ decides those, those who have made the choice to follow and to obey Christ more than others to keep the mind quiet. And everything else around them is unquiet and chaotic. The remedy against this troubled mind is to believe. By believing in Christ as that as the and this is one of the words I want you to remember. Believe in Christ as the mediator between God and man. We gain comfort. It should bring us happiness when we think of in our father's house there are many mansions. But the many mansions mentioned here are the believers' everlasting dwelling place. Let not your heart be troubled if your faith gets a little shaky sometimes. Be also encouraged by Hebrews, the 12th chapter and the 2nd verse. When, you got, when your faith gets a little shaky, it says, fix your eyes on Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our, of our, of our faith. If he has prepared the place for us, he will prepare us for the place. Christ is the sinner's way to the Father and to heaven in his person as God manifests in flesh, in his atoning sacrifice as our advocate. There's another word you need to keep in mind. He is our advocate. The word advocate means, means just a lawyer, one who pleads our case or our cause. Jesus acts as our lawyer, pleading our case before the Father. When we are tempted, if we sin, we can claim the promise of 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We sometimes find ourselves asking such questions as, if we sin, do we lose our salvation? If we are truly saved, will we ever sin? And if we do sin, what should we do to get rid of the guilt and the grief that heavily hangs in our hearts? The Bible tells us if we confess our sins, He, who is He, God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. In John, the second chapter, the first verse, it says, My little ch- children, these things I write unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteousness, and he is the propitiation for our sins. In other words, Got to remember, the word propitiation means to appease one, to appease one's wrath. Appease means to make peace. Humanity has sinned. God was angry. God's holiness demanded justice. Humanity could not redeem himself and was at 
enmity. He was in hostility with God. Humanity had become the enemy of God because of sin. Nevertheless, God expressed his love for humanity by coming down to earth in the form of a man and laying down his own life and sacrifice to face the sins of humanity. Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. Christ's love was applied in heaven. The Father's anger was appeased by the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. God's demand for justice had been completely satisfied by the redeeming work of his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus made peace with God the Father, possible again for for mankind. In Romans, the fifth chapter, the first verse, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ has opened the door for all humanity to to be at peace with God, the Father, through faith in the Son of God. So, again, propitiation is Jesus meeting the man of the Father to appease, appease his wrath. So the humanity to redeem to God. Thankfully, Jesus paid the price for our sin. Eternal life is a free gift. Paid for by Christ's own special blood. This gets the all of you received by faith alone in Christ. All you have to do is submit to God that you are guilty sinner and believe upon the name of Jesus for forgiveness. The choice is completely yours to make. God will not make you believe in Christ when you have it in your own power to do so. If you if you refuse to believe on Christ, then you are still in your sin, and the wrath of God abided on you. In John, the third chapter, the third six verse, says, He that believeth on the Son has everlasting life, and he believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abided on him. Although God's demand for justice was met by Christ's blood sacrifice, you are willfully rejecting that provision. If you reject Christ as your Lord and Savior, by so doing, you are opposing what Christ did for you. Therefore, you are cho- choosing to remain under the condemnation of God's law and under the wrath of God. If your soul is lost, you have no one to blame but yourself. The choice is yours to make. Christ died for all humanity. In 1 John, the second chapter, in the second verse, and he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the world. What a wonderful, wonderful, confident truth. Jesus is our propitiation. Again, it is Christ's blood sacrifice that squares everything away with God in concern our sin death. Jesus met the Father's requirement for justice, and God's wrath is appeased. The sinner accepts what Jesus has done. The whole matter of our salvation centers around our sin. 
mankind has sinned, and we are under the condemnation of God's holy law until we repent of our sins. By acknowledging our guilt, sin, and believing in the name of Jesus for our salvation, repentance is simpler, a change of mind. Repentance is, is only before God that I am a vile and a sinner, as he has declared me to be in his own word. In John 3, 3rd chapter, the 21st day, for everyone that does evil has not, everyone that has, does evil has not the light, neither come to the light, that the deed should be reproved. In our previous, one of our previous lessons, we studied about being in darkness and being in light and how to come to the light. So in John, the fifth chapter, the 40th verse, Jesus said, and you will not come to me that you might have life. Carefully notice that Jesus did not say you cannot come to me. He said you will not come to me. In Second Peter, the third chapter, the ninth verse, plain to say, the Lord is not Slack concerning his promises, as some men count flatness. And he is long suffering toward us, not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God decides for all sinners to come to repentance. <clears throat> there are many wonderful, unsaved people who are very loving and kind. They are honest and good people, humanly speaking. However, this does not merit them heaven, and they will go to hell if they don't get saved. This is a sad part about life. Many good people fail to realize that all good people are still dirty, rotten, sinners when compared to the whole word of God. In Romans, the third chapter, and the twelfth verse tells us that there are none that does do it. No, not one. Earthly speaking, there are many good people in the world. Heavenly speaking, there are none righteous. We must follow God's word, not our own reasoning. In James, the second chapter, the tenth verse tells us, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Adam and Eve found out the hard way what just one sin could do. Plunging the entire human race into the sin of darkness. Thankful that God had made a way to escape from mankind by the way of the blood of Jesus Christ. Christ is the only mediator, that's all he is, the propitiation for our sins. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loves us and sent his son to the to be the propitiation for our sins. In First John, the fourth chapter, the tenth verse, God loves us, all of us, and sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to meet the demands which needed to be met in order that all people might be saved. But this is good and acceptable in the sight of all of God our Savior. We who have all men to believe. Coming to the knowledge of the truth, for there is one God, one mediator between God and man, 
and that is the man Jesus Christ. In First Timothy, the second chapter, the third to the fifth verse, God wants all people to be saved. Notice that Christ is the one mediator between God and humanity. Do you know why it is Christ and only Christ? Because Jesus is the only one who met the demands of God the Father. Only Jesus was a lamb without spot, not blemishes. Perfect. Only Jesus was born of a virgin. Only Jesus was sinless. Only Jesus could have paid for our sins and praise God that he did. This is why Jesus is our mediator, because he is our propitiation. He met the demands of God the Father. So he is now the one and only mediator between God and man. If you want to be saved, go to Jesus. Oh, don't go to the Pope or the priest or your minister or any religion or to a baptistry or the confession group. Go to Jesus and him alone. It is him alone that can save you. I ask you to remember those words. Live with them on a daily basis. Keep them in your heart, mind, and watch the stress and the strain of life disappear. Jesus is your advocate. His advocate means he's the Lord. He pleads your cause, your case towards God. Jesus acts as our lawyer before the Father. When we are tempted, he is our mediator. He is the go-between God and man. And he is the propitiation for our sins. Remember this word, propitiation means to appease one's wrath. Appease means to make peace. We are at peace with God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is our mediator. He told us he said, go between us and God. Remember, he said, no one comes to the Father but by me. I want you to let these words sink into your spirit. Think about them. Let them be a part of your everyday speech. Look how the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard you and keep you. I want to leave you with a prayer, a blessing. May the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And may the Lord give you peace.